Come on, let's give it up one more time for our baptismal candidates. What a great morning so far. So good. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. My name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team, and it is great to have you here today. And uh, I just also want to say, as much as we're celebrating the baptisms today, next week we kind of are walking into our Remembrance Day um, festivities. And so next Sunday morning, we're going to do some honoring of our service men and women, both in our past and in our present day. And so please, if that is applicable to you and you're able to come dressed in your regalia, please do that. We are going to try something for the very first time in our gathering next week as well. And we're excited to honor people because honoring people is a good thing. Don't you agree? All right. I agree. Ten people clapped with that. I like it. So uh, <laughs> it's all good. Um, okay, I, I want to know this today. Who are, who are in the room? Who are the dreamers? Who likes to dream? Anybody like to dream here in this place today? Now, the reality is, is uh, I think all of you are dreamers. Who sleeps at night? Does anybody sleep at night? Okay, just want to make sure. Ten people put up their hand again. So the rest of you are lying in church. That's not a good thing. All right, so. Uh, but we all go to sleep at night. And while we sleep, there's this thing that happens in our heads. It's called dreaming. It's a processing system and it happens. But like, let me get a little bit more narrow in my question. How many of you are able to wake up the next day and you actually remember most of your dreams? Who are you? All right, let me see you for a second. All right, and then the rest of you, like me, uh, you wake up the next day and you're like, what's for breakfast? I don't remember the dreams whatsoever. Anybody in that world as well? Okay, but I want to take it an, another level in the dream as well. And I want to ask you this question. Have you ever gotten in trouble for somebody else's dream before? Like, have you, have you ever woken up, and if you have a spouse or a partner, you know what's happening here. You, you, you wake up from your sleep, and you're like, I'm mad at you. And I'm like, I was just sleeping. Like, leave me alone. Or you have a friend who comes up to you, and I had this dream about you, and you, if this is what happens. Well, one of these dreams actually happened as well in our home, believe it or not. And, and I actually think that there are some days where I, I, I look at my legs and I see bruising. And uh, I see that maybe there are some scratch marks. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to say who it is, but I, I think you all know. But anyway, uh, but the other week, Lisa had, an, had another dream. And, and the dream went like this. And I thought, okay, here we go. She woke up. She said, I had a dream about you. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Uh, and she looks at me, she goes, you had an affair. And then I covered for my life, right? Like, it's, please do not beat me. And I was waiting for what was next. And all of a sudden she goes, and I was happy about it. What? Like, what in the world is happening here? To which then she says, because I wasn't the one who got pregnant. And I'm like, okay, that's okay, that's okay. Dreams do a lot of weird things, right, for people and the processing of dreams. And today I actually want to go to a story in the Bible that is wrapped around a dream. In fact, it comes in our cities, thriving in Babylon. Our character is Daniel. And what we're contending for in, in this series is that we are living in a modern-day Babylon. But you cannot just only survive in Babylon. You could thrive if you pay attention to some of the things that we're looking at. And to do that today, we're going to look at the dream of one who is known as King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, if you have your Bibles, Daniel chapter 2 is what I'm reading today. If you don't have Bibles, the words are on the screen for you. It's a little lengthy of a, of a, of a section, but it's so important because there's so many cool details in this. So we're going to read it today and give it its due diligence. 
So it says, one night during the second year of his reign, King Nebuchadnezzar had such a disturbing dream that he couldn't sleep. He called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers, and he demanded that they tell him what he had dreamed. And as they stood before the king, he said, I have a dream that deeply troubles me, and I got to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, long live the king, tell us the dream, and we'll tell you what it means. But the king said to the astrologers, no, 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 I'm serious about this thing. If you don't tell me what my dream was and what it means, you will be torn limb from limb and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. How cool is that? Like, this is the best. But if you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. Just tell me what the dream, uh, what it means. Then they said, please, your majesty, tell us the dream and we will tell you what it means. And the king replies, I know what you're doing. You're stalling for time because you don't know that I'm serious when I say, if you don't tell me the dream, you're done. So if you've conspired to tell me lies, hoping that I'm going to change my mind, but tell me the dream, and then I'll know that you can tell me what it means. So the astrologers replied to the king, no one on earth can tell the king his dream, and the king, however great and powerful, has ever asked such a thing of any magician, enchanter, or astrologer. The king's demand is impossible. Somebody say impossible. 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 See, no one except the gods could tell you a dream, for they do not live here among the people. Now the king was ticked off when he heard this. And he ordered that all of the wise men of Babylon be executed. And because of the king's decree, men were sent to find and kill our character, Daniel, and his friends. So when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill him, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. He asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? And so Arioch told him all that had happened. So Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and he told his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. And he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. And that night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven, and this is what Daniel said. Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power, and he controls the course of world events. He removes kings. He sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things, and he knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you've given me wisdom and strength. You've told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Everybody breathe in and exhale. <sighs> All right, we're just about there. We're getting there. But then Daniel went to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. And Daniel said to him, don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. So Arioch quickly took Daniel to the king, and he said, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, which is his Babylonian identity, as we have discussed, asked, is this true? Can you really tell me what my dream was and what it means? Daniel replies, see, there, is, there are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. Somebody say, but, but, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed. And while your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. And it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secrets of your dream, but because 
God wants you to understand what was in your heart. Then I'm going to skip over to verse 46. And it says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar threw himself down before Daniel, and he worshipped him. And he commanded his people to offer sacrifices and burn sweet incense before him. The king said to Daniel, the Babylonian king who served thousands of other gods, the king of Babylon says, truly, Daniel, your God is the greatest of gods, the Lord over kings, a revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal the secret. Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position, gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon. No big deal, right? <laughs> like, as well as the chief over all his wise men. So now Daniel is in charge of the witches, the guys that talk into the spirit world. Like, Daniel's in charge of them. How cool would that be, right? And at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon while Daniel remained in the king's court. Wow. Now, I know some of you are like, what did the dream say? Uh, go read it yourself, okay? And uh, we're going to jump into the rest of this. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this morning and what you're doing in this space already. Now, speak to us through your word is what I pray. And teach us to be more like Jesus today. And so we need you. So I pray, Jesus, you would be present. And we ask these things in your name. Everybody said? Come on, everybody said. Amen. Uh, looking at King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, um, we have worked this whole series to this exact point for a reason. I actually think that if you are to be able to thrive in Babylon, it is, it is because of what we're about to talk about right now. Everything else has led up to this point. But today, and because of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, we're going to take a look at Daniel, and we're going to focus on this subject this morning called character. Somebody say character. I believe that this is why Daniel was able to thrive in Babylon. He was in exile. Today, even in our culture here, we are in a deteriorating one, to say the least. How many of you have ever felt the pressure of culture today? Have you felt that anywhere around you? And the question becomes, how can you and I live under pressure? Like, what can you do today to live under pressure in this Babylon that we live in today? I'm reminded of Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, and it says this, that you and I, we're going to have trials and troubles. Aren't you excited for those things, right? You know, you're going to have trials and troubles, and they're going to come your way. But guess what these trials and troubles do? They actually lead us all together. Like, this is important. I think we have those words on the screen, too, for you today. But those trials and those troubles are going to lead you to endurance. And you know what that endurance is going to do? It's going to then take you to a place of character. And that character is going to take you to a place of hope. It is in through all of these things, the pressure that comes in and around us, that it lands on this one subject of character. And when our character is stretched and defined with God, it brings an incredible hope. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, we have learned that Daniel chose not to defile himself by eating the king's food. Why did he do that? Because this man, Daniel, had character that was pre-established before Babylon came knocking and took him into exile. He was able to stand because he had character. And I've got good news and bad news for you today. Where do you want to start? Where, like, what would you like first? Uh, good news first? All right, bad news first. Okay, uh, no, let's do good news. If you thought bad news, I don't know why you said that. But anyway, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Good news. Y'all have character. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, you got character. Here's the bad news. Here's the bad news. It's what type of character do you have? Because you have either good character, godly character, or you do not. And here's even some more good news, is that this character thing is something that you can work on. It is something that you could develop and build because the Bible has just told us that when those trials and troubles come, when you allow that endurance to set in, that character begins to formulate itself in you, and you have hope. Character is often defined by these words, integrity. Integrity is one of my favorite words. It is something, it is a principle, a value, a virtue that I have tried to live by my entire life. I define integrity as who are you when no one else is looking? It's really good, right, to do this thing on a stage, but then I could take you into my home and I'm a completely different person. Integrity to me is even when nobody is able to see you and nobody is able to look, who are you? I mean, another close cousin of um, this idea of characters is honesty. Now, honesty is not just telling the truth, it's living the truth. You know, we have to be people who live this truth as well. Words like courage, loyalty, someone with godly character can take blame, give credit, and it is a strength of moral fiber. I love what A.W. Tozer says about character, and he says that character is the excellence of moral beings. Anybody today want to be excellent as a human being? Uh, he contends, obviously, that it's your character that will be there. An author who I am unaware of who mentioned this quote, but I, I appreciate it, but your competency will take you only as far as your character can sustain you. See, your character matters while living in Babylon. Scripture shows us that this is important to us. We see that in Proverbs 11.3, that the integrity of the upright, it guides them. Proverbs 10.9, people with integrity walk safely. The crooked, they'll slip and fall. And I'm contending today that we need godly character in order to thrive in Babylon today. In order to live under pressure that is going to come. How is your character? And so today we're going to investigate that by looking at Daniel's life. The first thing that I see in Daniel's story as he does King Nebuchadnezzar's dream is that character is not equal to your reputation. Now, they could be related in some ways, but character is not equal to reputation. I've heard this quote as well, that reputation can get you into the room, but only character will keep you there. And... Uh, how I want to illustrate character today is with me, and a, a, a tough story that I had to walk through. Today is the first day that I've communicated this publicly in front of everybody. Unfortunately, you're second to the 9 a.m. service, but uh, before coming and uh, being pastors here in Victoria, Lisa and I and our family, we were pastors in Saskatoon. For 15 years, we had served there. Very early on, a couple years in that process, in that journey, we had moved from BC to go be pastors there. And very early in, I was taken by my supervisor to sit in front of my lead pastor. And I was told that I was in jeopardy of losing my job, that I, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to. Um, and it puzzled me. I thought I was doing the certain things that I was supposed to, but I was challenged that I was about to lose my job. I just moved everything to 
Saskatchewan, like why, I don't know, but we, I had to go there to do that, to be told that I'm fired. I've never had a moment like that. I got to tell you, quite honestly, I had words in my head that were not friendly for who was kind of doing some things. I could have used hand gestures to make my point a little bit more deliberate, but I didn't. And I sat there and you know what, the, what came into my, into my mind at that moment was integrity. Sean, who are you going to be? Like, you have talked about this integral game. Are you going to live it, especially when the pressure has mounted itself in front of your face? See, because a reputation was being construed on me versus what character was internally for me. See, I know this about reputation. Reputation is an external viewpoint. It is what others perceive of you. Now, they could be accurate in some ways, but many times a reputation perceived is not as accurate. I know this about reputation. Reputation can happen fast, it could be flashy, and it could be very quick. Someone could write a song, write a book, save a child, and your reputation is gold. But character, on the other hand, is something that is internal. It revolves around who you truly are and your moral fiber. You know what I've learned about character in my life is that this is a lifetime journey. It's an adventure that has taken me a long time to even get to where I am today, and I am nowhere near perfect, and I'm still on a journey of developing my character, but it is something that is consistent with me. Now, in this story with Daniel, King Nebuchadnezzar's boys, his magicians, his enchanters, his sorcerers, they had a reputation. You want to know what their reputation was? We're going to talk to the dark side. We're going to talk to the spiritual world. They were paid a lot of money in order to tap into the spiritual side of life, and they couldn't do it. They could not do what the king had demanded at this point. Their reputation, again, being external, said that they can do it, but then the scramble came, and the pressure mounted, and they fully knew. They tried to trick the king to tell them what the dream was, and the king was quite serious. I mean, it says, like, I'll tear you from limb to limb. Babylonian um, history will show you that in certain parts of uh, their city, they would locate four trees. They would take those four trees, and they would tie those four trees together from the top, and then what they, what they would do with their prisoners is that they would then attach a rope to each of those trees to each one of their limbs. And on the count of three, they would cut the top rope, and guess what would happen? A bloodbath. You'd get four limbs with a body on the floor. Like, these guys were good at what they did. So when King Nebuchadnezzar says to them, I'll tell you from limb to limb, he is not joking. He is about to take them out. So I've often heard this quote, but from David Guzzig, crises do not make the man, instead they reveal the man. Like, what do you do? What do you do when the pressure mounts, when your reputation or your character is challenged? And I love this about Daniel because I think that in these moments, they reveal who he was. The pressure did not mount you see, what I love about Daniel is that he lived in an internal game of character. These magicians and these sorcerers, they lived in an external game of reputation. Internally, they were pretenders. So I'm asking us the question today. What's your internal development like? Are you more concerned about your reputation, which is still valuable? Or are you dedicating yourself to be a person, a man or a woman of godly character? 
Chinese idiom says this, that the same water that makes the boat float can also make it sink. So we have to be careful when we navigate our character and who we are as people. The second thing that I see in Daniel's story when it comes to character is that character honors others. Daniel was himself about to be killed, all because Nebuchadnezzar's wise guys couldn't handle the situation. But I love Daniel's picture here is that he doesn't panic. He is not thrown off guard by this. And I want us to recognize that, that God will equip you right where he has called you. I mean, Daniel was about to be killed, and guess what God does? I'm going to give you some wisdom. I'm going to give you some discernment. And he equips you where he has called you. I don't care how young you are in this room today to how old you are. Wherever you are and whatever you are doing, please hear me. God will equip you where he has called you because he wants to see you thrive in Babylon. And he will enable you to be what he needs. Notice how Daniel disarms Arioch in this passage. Arioch's ready to kill everybody. Wisdom and discernment, discretion are given, and he calms Arioch. Did you notice that Daniel also did this in chapter 1 with Ashpenaz when he was ordered to eat the king's food? And he disarms him as well. And in all of this disarming that Daniel does with these high-ranking officials, I want us to see this one thing with godly character, is that your speech matters today. How you talk verbally to people matters a whole lot to Jesus. It is so important to him that I'm asking the question of, have you earned the ears of others or have you destroyed it by your speech? Like, godly character will honor other people. So in my situation of about being fired, I also then found myself in moments where people began to start speaking very poorly about my lead pastor. And by the, for the record today, I love my lead pastor. I've got a great friendship with him even to this day. Man I love, man I will serve, not a problem. But people around me started to say things that were not friendly. And I had to make a decision what I would do in that moment because when people began to speak against him, leadership, style, and where we were going, I noticed that, that it was very dishonoring. And I, had, I wanted absolutely no part of it. And so I actually began to disassociate myself from certain people. And I'm telling you folks right now, that cost me a lot when it came to the relational game with some people. But I had to make that decision to separate because it was not honoring. And one of the problems that I see today in Babylon is that too many of us, we would rather react rather than respond with who we are. And I think we have to be careful because this culture has thrown some pretty hard things at us lately. And we have done a lot of things, whether in word or action, which proves to me this one thing, that you're building your reputation if you're living in this world. From your sound bites, from your little keyboard hero moments sitting in the dark, to your gossip streams, that proves to me that reputation about making sure that I'm okay with everybody else rather than understanding your identification under the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, godly character begins to shape honor inside of each and every one of us. And all I'm saying to us today is that while we, while we live in Babylon together, your speech matters. Let me ask you the question. Is it dripping with godly character or is it full of poison? You can be the decider of that. 
The third thing I see in Daniel is that character is developed in community. So Daniel and his friends, that creative minority, um, together enabled them to live a lifestyle of character that pleased the Lord. Your community matters. Did you know that? Your community matters today. There was this quote that I was given um, as a kid, and I hated it, going to be honest with you. And uh, I've come to understand its wisdom, and so it's something that I would definitely use to this day, and I'm about to use it right now, is that you show me your friends, and I'm going to show you your future. There is something about that wisdom that is important. See, some of us here today in this room, you are surrounded by a community of people who are not of character. And I'm telling you right now that they are going to tear you down. Others of us, we have community around us that is full of character and they will build you up. But again, I want us to hear this because I was that young person who didn't want to listen to the wisdom. But your community matters and character is developed in community. 1 Corinthians 15, says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good, your character. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, one person will sharpen another. But do you also know this about this verse? You could also dull another person's life. And so this is important to us. So I was about to be fired. I had people around me that were spitting stuff that was not good and honoring and I decided over here that I needed to change my community. So I decided to do something, and I began to put some people into my life that I knew would help me in this season. And I actually situated myself around three young men. And I wasn't trying to be like Daniel, but as I was preparing for the message, I'm like, oh man, I'm more like Daniel than I realize here. I put three young men around me. And one of those men, you know him very well. His name is Tyson Stare. I put Tyson Stare into my life. I put a couple other dudes into my life. Their names were Brooke Danger and Michael Redicott. And those three brothers, we began to lead together. We began to do things together. We stayed in a community together because I know that my character is developed with good community. Show me your friends. I'm going to show you your future. Number four is that character redirects to God. I want to do this. I, I should have done this better, but any students in the room, I want you to stand up right now. Just any student, high school, college, university, Royal Roads, stand up. Let me see you. Come on. Don't be delayed. I see you not listening to me right now. Stand up. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I just want to say how much I love you, and I am so excited and proud of you because of your youthfulness and what God can do through you. This church is better because of all of you. And I just want to say thank you for you. Yeah. Okay, sit down. <laughs> Why do I do that? Because I want to show you this. If that character redirects ourselves to God, I want to welcome you to the first student prayer meeting recorded in history. It's right there. It's the first student gathering. So this group of people, although under pressure, they decided to do one thing together. And I want us to see that in order to thrive in Babylon, people of character, we pray to the God of heaven and earth, and we depend on his power and his presence in our lives. Young people, do not mistake 
praying to the God of heaven and earth. He hears you, he loves you, he sees you. And when I see what he did with these teenagers in this story, these teenagers changed the world. These teenagers right here changed my life. And I'm here to tell you today that God could do that the same through you. So do not miss the moment. Instead of getting bitter in my predicament over in Saskatoon, I decided to get better. Guess what I did? I decided to pray a little bit more. It's funny what pressure does to you when you're under it, right? I should probably pray to God. And I did. Outside of my office in our old building, which was on 8th Street, outside of my office, um, we had a couple of portables. So every day I would get to the office and immediately I would leave my office and I would go into one of those portables. And over a period of a couple years, um, what has become known in my life as portable sounds began to speak to me. It was in, those, in that portable where God began to undo me as a person. There were many times where I cried my eyes out. There are times when, you know, it was celebratory because I loved what God was doing in me. Those portable moments were surrender moments for me because it was there where God was developing inside of me something different. And you want to know what happened when I started to do these pieces and honored those pieces in character the successes of ministry started to flow and roll. People started to notice it and recognize it. We started to have a pretty phenomenal student ministry, which then led into a pretty successful young adult ministry. I mean, things were popping. It was a good thing. But I don't say all of that to, um, you know, talk about our own success, but to say this. Remember in this story what those magicians and those sorcerers said. King, what you are asking right now is absolutely impossible. I want to remind you today that in order to thrive in Babylon and living under this character, that with God all things are possible. He could do whatever he wants if you are willing to surrender your character to him. If you will allow him to develop you to be the men and the women that he needs, I'm telling you right now, your surrender is where God will do the possible things of life. And I want us also to know that this has nothing to do with receiving the praises of man, but this is to the redirection to the audience of one, and his name is Jesus. And Daniel shows me in his character that I will redirect myself to God because he is the one, he is the only one who is worthy of it all. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Number five, character helps others see God. So in the business of communicating what we believe, John Lennox will say that we can be so full of what we want to say that we never listen to anyone else. So why should we be surprised when someone isn't interested in listening to us? I think that's good wisdom. And that's definitely a good thought. The thing I love about Daniel is that he didn't go into Babylon shooting his mouth. He didn't go in and saying, you guys are all sinners, you're going to hell. He went in and he listened to the people. So when Arioch approaches him and says, I'm about to kill you, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need, I need a little bit of time here. And Daniel listened to Arioch. And when he did that, in the wisdom and the discretion that God gave to him, something and in a beautiful exchange begins to happen in that moment. You know, I wonder too, for some of us, when it comes to our character, are you so quick to speak? 
which is not biblical according to James. It says that you should be slow to speak and quick to listen. Well, then why are you talking about people seeing God? Those are two different pieces of the body. Good question. Because they're actually intricately related in our story today. Is that Daniel listened, and because he listened, look at what happens in his life. He begins to get the favor of these high-ranking officials. He also gets the attention of a king because he suddenly has the answer to the king. All the money that the king had spent on these yahoos who couldn't deliver what he wanted, Daniel did by just simply pleading with God and saying, hey, God, I need you. So whatever your impossible situation is, let me remind you today that God is able to do the impossible. And he takes things into a possibility. And I love what Daniel does because he allows other people to see today in his character that other people can see God. And what begins to happen in Daniel's life is this thing called influence. Somebody say influence. It's a beautiful word. And guess what? You all have it. You all have influence. My question is how are you using it? Daniel has influence. And we're going to talk on that next week. Favor and influence. It's going to be a good message of hope for many of us in this room. But I want you to see that other people will see God through you. Through you. And I know some of you are like, not me? He can't do that with me? Yes, he can. Will you let him? And will you allow other people to see God through you? You know what this world needs right now? God. You know what this world also needs? You. Because you have God in you. Can I encourage you, let the world see God through your character and the things that he has for you. It was um, through all of those series of events. A number of years later, I received an official apology from my lead guy. Sorry, Sean. I missed it. I'm so glad that you, uh, you took one on the chin and you served. I got comments from the board of the church. Man, we got it wrong. I'm so glad that you didn't leave anywhere else. Because I could have, but I didn't. And I didn't need the apology at that stage. Sure, it was nice. But in portable sounds, I had already figured that out with God. I want you to be a man of character. And then the apology came, which then leads me to the last and final point today. Character will be rewarded. Dr. Uh, David Jeremiah says that a man who determines not to compromise his life usually gets Satan's attention. <laughs> I love it. So let me ask you, are you compromising your character today? Are there things that are not adding up because when we choose not to compromise our character, our godly character, you're going to get Satan's attention. And he's going to come screaming at you. So over here, I made a decision that when I was um, confronted with losing my job and not knowing what I was going to do anymore, that one decision right there changed everything in my life. It may sound strange to you, but I'm, I'm here to tell you today, like that one moment of me not saying blah, 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 you, I, yeah, it was right there. That one moment, it changed it all. 
it actually took me through different levels of leadership at the church where I was. It eventually landed me on what that church's leadership structure was, and I, I, ha I, I landed on the lead team. I was the youngest guy with a bunch of older guys, and I didn't know what I was doing. But somebody saw stuff in me and said, I'm going to give you a shot. It was there where I became an associate pastor, and ultimately it's why I was able to come here to be the pastor of this church. It's because of that moment right there where I was told that I was about to lose everything. Do not tell me that your character doesn't matter because it matters a whole deal to Jesus Christ. And he is looking for us today. Now, please don't miss this point of character being rewarded. I'm not talking that you're gonna get yourself cars and riches and everything else. That could happen. I don't know what God will do with you, but he will reward you the way he sees fit, the way he wants to see fit in your life. And make this note that do not seek the reward in your character. Make sure you seek the rewarder instead. Because don't get lost in the game of getting. Get lost in the game of surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and let him challenge your character as well. So, will you remain faithful to God? Because if you do, I know he'll reward you. Today, I hope that you'll walk away asking yourself, what one of these six things do I need to maybe work on today? Where in my character do I need to surrender back to God? What type of influence am I bringing to the people who are around me? Am I being consistent? Is there integrity around who I am? And am I thriving in Babylon when it comes to my character? I know that you can, and I know he wants to grow you, but I gotta tell you, I wanna be like Daniel. And when the pressure comes, knowing that my character brings hope to other people. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. With all eyes closed and heads bowed in this place, perhaps you are, first of all, here and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it would be a privilege of ours to be able to, you know, talk to you about that and say, you know, it could be a game changer for you as well. And if you today have a desire to know this Jesus, who we have been worshiping and celebrating all morning, at the end of our service on the screens, there's going to be a uh, a visual there that says text life to 250-478-7113 and it will be a privilege of ours to walk with you in introducing you more to Jesus. It would be a great privilege. And for the rest of us, I, I just ask that as your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, that you would consider what's the one part of this character conversation today that I need to work on and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about that. You know, let him grip your heart and say, I want you to be this. I want you to do this in your, you know, journey this week. And I just ask that you, Holy Spirit, will speak to all of us in this place. As you uniquely do, teach us to be men and women of character. And I ask God that today, that when the pressure comes, they will not uh, crumble us. They will reveal the people we are supposed to be. And so I pray for my friends this week that you will help us all to walk into the week, head held high, knowing that this is something I can grow, this is something I could be, and I do. I would love to see uh, different Daniels in our city and give us influence, you know, as we walk into this week with people, as they see our integrity and they know who we live for and who we, um, we trust. So Jesus, I love you, and I give you thanks, and I ask all these things in your name. Everybody said... Amen. Well, church, we, um, we love you. We hope that you have an incredible week. If you are brand new to us again today, 
Make sure you go see Pastor Tyson and Pastor Josh as they're in the Welcome Center over here. Have a fantastic week, everybody, and we'll see you next week.